Tips for Travellers provides inspiration, advice and tips about finding and having a luxurious travel experience. It covers destinations, transportation, accommodation, attractions and journeys. I'm Gary Bembridge and I launched the Tips for Travellers podcast in 2005 to share with travellers my learning on how to make the most of their time in every international destination I visit. For the last 20 years, I've been travelling almost every month of every year to exciting destinations all around the world. Thanks to my global marketing job, it takes me to destinations on every continent. The air miles I earn while doing that helps to take me to even more destinations for vacation. Tips for Travellers shares that learning. Visit www.tipsfortravellers.com for more information. Remembering that Travellers is spelt with two L's the UK way. Hi, I'm Gary Bembridge, and we are into the third episode of a three-part series bringing you exclusive insights and information about the people behind creating the luxurious experience of travelling on Cunard's flagship ocean liner, the Queen Mary 2. I recently spent three weeks on the ship, first on a crossing of the Atlantic from Southampton to New York, and then down to the Caribbean and back to New York. While I was on board, Cunard gave me exclusive and unique access to interview some of the key people that work on board to ensure passengers have a memorable crossing and a great cruise. Over the three episodes, I've been sharing those interviews, and you've been able to hear firsthand about what goes into creating that experience on a massive ship like the Queen Mary 2. You get to hear the stories behind the people and their personalities, how they got to do their jobs, what their role entails, insider tips to get the most out of the ship and cruising, and interestingly, how they see Cunard evolving and what makes Cunard different in their view. In part one, we spoke to the entertainment directors. In part two, the hotel manager and executive chef. And in part three, we're going to find out about two of the more unusual roles on board, that of the social host and hostess, and what exactly a gentleman host is and does. So in this part three, I'm going to speak to Kevin Usher, who started as a dancer and singer for Cunard 20 years ago and acted as the social host on board. And we're going to hear what Derek Stratton told me about being a gentleman host. He has been a gentleman host on Cunard for over 15 years. I started on ships in 1983 as a singer and a dancer in the early days of a production show when things were really just getting started and much simpler than what you see today and after about 10 years of that um, before I decided to go full-time on ships which really didn't happen until like 94 there was much more opportunity to still be an entertainer but get involved in the overall entertainment department right. and hosting activities and that end of it. So that's kind of where I made the transition and um, that came with working at Royal Caribbean okay. for eight years, mm -hmm. which is where Ray and I worked together first. Right, right. And, um, and then after I left there, I am here because Ray was hired to bring the ship out right. and because we've always stayed in contact right. I didn't do it from the very beginning but I was like the first um, entertainment staff replacement 
okay. that came on board after the startup team started right. to take their right. vacations. Right. And because I, I had the performing background, I had been an assistant cruise director and some fill-ins as cruise director with Royal Caribbean, it kind of evolved quickly here. Mm-hmm. So that for 2004, 2005, and 2006, I was here full-time. And for most of that time, at that time, it was assistant cruise director before they changed the title. Right, right. And then um, between 2006 and 2010, I worked for two other companies, um, one of them being Seaborn, still under the same corporate umbrella. A couple years I was home. And then 2010, I came back to work for Cunard in a different role altogether. And this was on the world voyages. Mm -hmm. Um, They provide um, a separate concierge and a benefit package for people who do the whole thing. Right. So I was the world voyage concierge for Queen Mary 2 in 2010 and then again this year. And in between that, (laughs) I've done (laughs) entertainment staff and then got thrown into the social host role over the summer Mm -hmm. um, quite by surprise. Right. (laughs) So, Kevin, what does a social host do? The social host runs the main theme nights in the ballroom. So it's like I, I've been hosting those, mm-hmm. and some of the 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 more uh, casual or party nights, the social host could do it. But that's something that the entertainment staff can get an opportunity to host. Um, the social host supervises the gentleman host, so I'm their direct contact, mm-hmm. as it were. I would normally be involved more with the solo travelers Mm -hmm. from their first get-together to what you see in the program on the sea days they have a get-together they have an opportunity to meet up on the port days as well gentlemen hosts are mixed in with that and I would be I would be there normally Mm -hmm. on those get-togethers on the sea days Um, and I have done napkin folding that's kind of old traditional Uh, another one that a social hostess would do um, is scarf tying. These are kind of old traditional social hostess type activities. And then on here, because of the original Queen Mary, at times on a crossing, they would try and do a a get-together of anyone who had sailed on the original Queen Mary. Mm -hmm. Social hostess or host coordinates the um, the prize redemption, mm-hmm. birthdays, anniversaries, special occasions, other things that come to the attention of the ship via a guest notification through a travel agent or family. Other thing that the social host role is is involved in is if there is a death on the ship mm-hmm. to help that person or family members out. It's more of just emotional support. Mm -hmm. The mechanics of it is really all through the medical team Mm -hmm. and the ship's um, chief purser and things like that. So Mm -hmm. it's just kind of an an emotional support to that person or that Mm -hmm. family. Mm -hmm. Um, 
It is, is a social host and hostess a Cunard thing, or do other crews? No, no. You know what? In my in my early days, when Royal Caribbean was a much different line than it is today, it came from all a lot of very traditional um, staffing. Right. And the social hostess did a lot of uh, a lot of this same. They were much more in, 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 in years past, not so much now or here. They were very involved in, in guests for the captain's table and the officer's table. On this ship, because it's such a big structure, um, the captain has a secretary. The hotel manager has an assistant slash secretary. So they do more of that stuff directly than, than the social host or hostess. Um, the other part of kind of behind the scenes is that the invitations for the grill guest cocktail parties is something that the host position does in conjunction with our full-time concierge for the grills. And, and in terms of the kind of that, that role, is is there anything that's different on a crossing? On a crossing, you really have, especially in the in the category of gentleman hosts and the solo travelers, you end up with a, a daily, much more direct contact than when you've got your sea days. But then you know everybody goes their own way for five days in right. port. On that on that crossing, you know you will connect with them every day. Mm-hmm. You've got an 11 o'clock in the morning and a 2.30 chat in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And then you're down in the ballroom four or five nights for an event. Right. So your contact is, is steady right on through. Mm-hmm. We're on the cruises. It, it, it gets broken up mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm. And given your experience, um, what is the biggest misconception people have about a crossing? Probably that because there is no destination in the middle, they wonder what are we going to do. For now, it's six full days. Mm -hmm. But you find a lot of people who come on, and especially here, that once they get through the first day or two and start to realize that there's a lot of different things going on, now, mind you, you, you have to be someone who likes the program we offer, you know, because um, it, it is a, a definite style. If you took a seven-day transatlantic voyage on a more mainstream, family-oriented cruise ship, you wouldn't find the kind of lecture program we have here. You wouldn't find the other types of things that go on in illuminations I don't know if anybody else has 3D films um, and a lot of that type of thing where and there's a lot of there's a lot more musical choices mm-hmm. on board here I mean I haven't worked in the other end of the industry for over 10 years so I, I don't know how many live musicians they actually have mm-hmm. where we've got a theater orchestra, the dance orchestra in the Queen's Room, a set of strings, 
three pianists that you know that sing and play or just play so there's a lot of there's a lot of live musicians here which is still something that you know doesn't I don't know what the big ships do these days mm -hmm. if they still carry that much mm -hmm. live musical personnel right and what's the most common question you get asked on a crossing especially I find at times there's more people who may be new to Canard on a cruise voyage and the crossing people are there because a lot they know they know what it is right. and they know it's something different right you get more directional questions on this ship because her layout is different how do you think Cunard's evolving well I think they are definitely evolving in a corporate way to keep up with where the industry is mm -hmm. you know they do come under a very big corporate umbrella and they are a brand that's part of that so uh, luckily there are still things here that if you go take the Royal Caribbean or Norwegian Caribbean or celebrity you know that you won't you, you'll find things here that you won't find there what do you think makes Cunard different from everybody else if you're going to summarize in a few words well you don't find a ballroom mm -hmm. I mean the other the, the, the ones on the other two ships are are nice they're just different than this one but when you find a ballroom with that big a dance floor and the fact that there are eight live musicians that are in there you don't find that everywhere else you don't find the kind of afternoon tea that they still do here on like really two or three different levels. You've got the, the tea for the grills, kind of intimate. You've got afternoon tea here if you just would like something more informal, but all of the same things are there. And then kind of in the middle is tea in the Queen's Room, which is pretty much packed mm -hmm. every day. Mm -hmm. You know, which is a nice combination. There's a lot of people, but it's all, you know, done with very nice service. Mm -hmm. Still, to me, there's still a nice, elegant feeling in that dining room, even though it's huge. Yeah. You know, with the with the music that's usually playing and and just the the look of it. Mm -hmm. You know, and how it's done. Mm -hmm. So, and on this ship, it's easier to really feel the difference because of the ship itself. You know, you know you're not on a cruise ship. Yes. Whereas on the Queen Elizabeth and the Queen Victoria, there are still the Cunard elements, but it is a differently designed ship. It's more in line or in tune with the other vessels that are that are out there. Mm -hmm. Where you come here and <laughs> fairly quickly you realize this is different. Mm -hmm. Kevin, if you were to say what, what type of person should you know, if they're thinking of cruising, what type of person would Cunard appeal the most to? There has to be an element of change in there mm. because the, <clears throat> the typical demographics that the company's had for many, many years, it needs, it needs to evolve because you have to take someone who is between 45 and 65 and offer some of the traditions of the company, yeah. but it can't be too old-fashioned because mm -hmm. it's not where they've come from. Mm -hmm. Whether they're from Europe or from the U.S. or from the U.K., 
you know, it's, they're younger. So it's like some of the tradition has to be worked into where your next generation mm -hmm. market mm -hmm. is going to come yeah. from. Yeah. Can I, anything else you'd like to say? Other than personally for me, it's really from 2004 until now, it's, it's been a really wonderful experience. I have to say that probably the inaugural year of this ship in 2004 will go down as my most exciting and interesting year working on ships ever. Now we're going to hear from Derek Stratton, who is a gentleman host on board Cunard. And he explains how gentlemen hosts, like many of the speakers as well on board, are not actually employees of Cunard, but in return for their voyage and their food, they provide a service to guests. We have to pay um, an agent, they're based either in America or the UK, to uh, place us on the ship. Right. So we have to pay them a fee. And um, they put us on board. Right. So, Derek, how did you get in? How did you get involved in oh, becoming a journalist? Years ago, I just applied to uh, the then agent. There was only one agent, I think, that was dealing with it, uh, called Loretta Blake, and um, she handled all the the host program for dancers and for entertainers, uh, guest speakers, and. And um, the program, I don't really think has changed much. We, we come on board the ship, we're here to dance when the orchestra's playing, and occasionally we're asked to uh, attend a captain's party, just to socialise, just to socialise, and it's for, for the unaccompanied uh, ladies that are on the ship. When I say unaccompanied, I mean not travelling with a gentleman partner. Uh, they might be travelling with a friend, a girlfriend, or sister. Or... So they can go to the ballroom and know they're going to get asked for a dance. Mm -hmm. so Derek, what, what was your background be before? I mean, were you a professional dancer or just an no, enthusiast? Or? No, I, um, I've, I've always enjoyed dancing from a teenager. But as the years went on, um, I got married and family and didn't dance as much. I sort of got back into it. Mm -hmm. And um, I'd heard about the program from from somebody at a dance uh, hall. She mentioned it. I didn't know what she was talking about. So I made a few inquiries and found it was all being handled by... Oh, Cunard actually told me it was being handled by Larissa Blake. Contacted her. She sent me the forms and uh, an interview to place and a dance test. And next thing I knew, I was on the Kiwi uh, 2 steaming off to the Norwegian fjords. <laughs> and, um, and that was my first experience. Right. And I don't think over the years it's changed much, <laughs> the program. Just the faces and we've all got older. Right. <laughs> Derek, how long have you been doing it? Sounds like quite a while I've been um, at the time the criteria was you had to be over fifty mm -hmm. and single mm -hmm. and be able to dance. Right. The main three things. And uh, so I it must have been fifteen years ago. 
I've been, yeah, been doing it on and off for 15 years. Yeah, well, up to the last four years, I had a business, and the only hosting I would do would be over the Christmas period. Which um, in my business we were in wholesale uh, watches and jewelry, and um, we, we used to close. I closed the business around the middle of December to the not the middle of January, but the uh, the beginning of January. <laughs> and it was an ideal opportunity to get away, and then. Place that uh, you know, say we've been Transatlantic, Caribbean, and and then generally they would go off on the uh, world cruise after going to New York. So that's what I would do for many years. I didn't really have the time to do any more, but since I've retired, I'm just doing a bit more. Done three world cruises and seen a lot of places. Right. Yeah, because that's really hard. Because <laughs> you're dancing, especially on a transatlantic, because you're dancing every night. Then. This is um, every single night. We harden dancers don't go dancing seven nights a week. No. We do. Yes. And so, um, so you mentioned, like, so cannot take you on the trip, you dance, then presumably you have to cover other costs of your interview buying things or drinks or oh yeah the, uh, no, we have um, uh, allowances we've got a 50% um, drinks allowance right have um, an allowance for laundry mm-hmm. which and so do you um, in terms of accommodation do you stay um, in the passenger side or, or do you have your own accommodation in that well there's an area for um, for the entertainment uh, crew mm-hmm. and it's regular pass a regular um, passenger Cabins. Um, it's always an inside cabin. Right. And we share. Right. And we share with another host. Right. And so do you eat in the Britannia restaurant or do you eat? Can do. Right. Um, I have on many occasions gone to the Britannia. I prefer to eat in the, the buffet. <coughs> the Britannia can take an awful long time. Now we have two sets generally, 745 to 8.30 and then 9.45 to midnight so it's always easy to come to to the buffet I hope you've enjoyed this the third part of the three-part series about the people behind creating the luxurious experience of travelling on Cunard's flagship ocean liner the Queen Mary 2 I thank Cunard for giving me this exclusive and unique access to interview these key people that work really hard to ensure passengers have a memorable crossing and cruise Remember, if you want to find out more, you can visit the site at tipsfortravellers.com, where travellers is spelt with two L's the UK way. And there you'll find links to the Facebook page, to follow me on Twitter and to sign up for email updates. You've been listening to Tips for Travellers, the global travel destination podcast. A new destination with first-hand based advice, recommendations and tips is added each month. If you subscribe to the podcast, thanks for your support. If you don't, you may want to consider subscribing by searching Tips for Travellers or Gary Beveridge on iTunes or your favourite podcast directory. You can then subscribe to the Tips for Travellers Global Travel Destination audio podcast or the video podcast with hotel rooms and attractions. To find out more, visit tipsfortravellers.com 
at travellers spelled the UK way with two L's, or email me at gary at mytravelreviews.co.uk.